Welcome to the Not Rich Yet podcast, where we have meaningful discussions on all things money, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Jasmine Suknanen. I'm a financial journalist, and I have over six years of experience in the media industry. Our guest today is Taylor Bizzoli. Taylor is a bookkeeper who provides creative bookkeeping solutions for entrepreneurs. She has been an accountant in the biotech industry for six years and was previously the founder of a subscription box service meant for female entrepreneurs. She now runs her own independent bookkeeping service. Welcome to the podcast, Taylor. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to dive more into bookkeeping with you. But first off, what is bookkeeping? What does all of that entail? And why is it so important to business owners? So bookkeeping is kind of the combination of all your business transactions. So essentially we take all of your expenses and all of your streams of revenue at the end of the month, and we make sure that everything is accounted for and produce financial statements. It's very important for small businesses because it lets you know if your business is profitable, it lets you know what you're bringing in, and it lets you know how much you're spending, which is a big, is it, (laughs) sorry. which is very important when you're trying to build a business and scale your business. So those things are the things that you need to take a look at month over month, which is very important for you as a business owner. I took one business and financial literacy class for my grad school degree. So some of those words sound very familiar, but for the people who have never taken a business class, don't have a background in finance, what is a financial report and what kinds of things might we see on there? So typically I provide my clients their income statement and their transaction report, which the transaction report is not a typical financial report that you would provide, but it's helpful for small business owners that so they can see what they're spending month to month because a lot of people that aren't using a bookkeeper aren't looking through their transactions on a monthly basis. So I think that report is important. The income statement is essentially a statement that provides a list of all of your categories or accounts that you use to put in your transactions. So for example, if you have marketing expenses or account bookkeeping expenses or travel expenses, you would want to put those all into different accounts because some of those things are tax deductible. Some of those things are not. And you'd want to categorize them so that you know what you're spending each month. The income statement also shows all of your types of income. So it shows any of your income Um, category. So if you have something that you have a course, or if you're a coach and you have coaching services, and or if you are a marketer and you have marketing expenses and web design fees, or so on that you're selling, you would have those in different income categories. So then at the end of the month, you'll get to see the income statement that shows everything that you brought in, and then it shows everything that you spent. And then at the bottom, it shows you if you're profitable or if you're not profitable. So it's either profit or a net loss. And then you want to try to be profitable. So then you have to take a look and say, do I need to decrease my expenses so that I the revenue I'm bringing in can make me profitable? Or do I have to also at the same time increase what I am making so that it can become more profitable? And that report's also helpful for you to see like what different areas of your business are making money versus which areas aren't. So if you are, I'm just going to use a marketer as an example. So if you work in like the social media industry and you have a course, but you also have services and 
you think that your services are making you the most money, but actually your course is making you the most money. You want to put more effort towards that course where you can still have your services, but you want to put effort towards the thing that is making you the most money. So that's what those financial statements can help you figure out because a lot of times people aren't looking at what specific thing they're selling and what that money that's making them. So they could be putting money towards an avenue of their business that like no one actually cares about and isn't bringing in money, but they think it's cool. So I think the financial statements help you in a sense that you can figure out what areas of your business are profitable and what areas of your business you shouldn't spend as much money on. That's a really good point. And we're going to definitely dive a little more into the uses of a financial statement a little bit later on. But um, yes. first, you know, you've been dealing with these kinds of numbers for a lot of your career. Tell me a little bit about how you started your career and what you were doing before you began your bookkeeping business. Yes. So I've been an accountant in the biotech space for the last six years. I have a, a degree in corporate finance and accounting, and I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in college. I knew I wanted to start my own business eventually, but I knew I needed a job to pay for my business that I wanted to start. So, and I thought taking an accounting course would be useful because not only could I use it and work in a career, but I would also need those skills to run my own business someday. And I feel like that is something that has been so useful to me. And through my career, I've had the privilege of working at many small biotech companies and grown with them through their IPO. So I've had firsthand experience on lots of areas of the business and lots of areas of accounting. Um, that being said, small business is completely different. It's a lot simpler, uh, but you still need to know each industry kind of has its own little things that you need to look out for. And it's all different, but it's all a lot of fun because you get to work with so many different people and learn all about their business, all about the industry, and all of that fun stuff. Um, and that's kind of why I like counting. I like getting to talk to people, and I like being able to see them use those numbers to grow their businesses. And what kinds of like financial knowledge or skills are generally really helpful to someone when they're just starting a business? I think, I think knowing what kind of business you need to set up. So I think a lot of people just, I feel like there's a lot of noise on social media about like setting up an escort. Well, you can't just set up an escort. So I think you need to do your research and find sources that actually provide details that are accurate and that are trusted. So looking to talk, looking and seeing what a lawyer is posting about or someone that is actually a knowledgeable source is something great for small business owners, especially people starting out. Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I need to be an S-Corp. <laughs> you can't really just be an S-Corp. You have to be an LLC first. And I also think making sure that if you are setting up an LLC, you're understanding what an LLC actually means and then doing the steps that keep you as an LLC and not doing things like mixing your business expenses and your personal expenses because that's not good when you're an LLC. And that's not good in general when you own a business. You should really try to separate those two things. So that's one of the important things when you're starting out is to find trusted resources, go to people that know that information and not just people that you're seeing on TikTok, on Instagram. A lot of us are on there, but again, we should not be giving, we can't give you financial information on Instagram. We need to know your background and what everything kind of is different 
based on your financial situation. So just doing your research and making sure that when you own a business or when you're opening up a business, you're doing things that are right for you and you fully understand what you're setting up. So discernment is definitely very important to have um, starting out. And I know when we had our intro call prior to this, we talked for quite a bit about, you know, a lot of the implications of just following whatever advice you see on platforms like TikTok or Instagram. Because, um, you know, a lot of accounts will just throw uh, those factual tidbits out there. It's like, just fact, factual, like vomiting, essentially regurgitating whatever is already online. But, you know, without that context of your personal situation um, and what you're looking to do personally, you know, you can set yourself up for failure if you're just taking advice from wherever you're getting it, but you're not really using a discerning eye to figure out, how that specifically applies to you and what you're trying to do. That's a very good (laughs) tip. Yes. No, and it is concerning because I feel like people are like, oh, I can do my own bookkeeping because other people are doing it. Or it's like, oh, it's just the bookkeeping part. Like I need to outsource this flashier parts of my business. But like, it's like how I, I feel like this is something I try to try to figure out myself as a business owner is how to make the bookkeeping side of your business flashy because it's one of the most important sides of your business. Like you can have all the social media you want, but if you don't know your numbers, you're never going to bring in revenue and you're never going to profit if you're just spending as much as you're bringing in. Yeah. And I feel like numbers are also something that scare a lot of people. Like you hear it all the time. Um, there are a lot of people out there who will be the first to tell you like, Hey, I'm really bad at math. You know, like I hated, uh, geometry or algebra or, uh, trig in high school, which me personally, I also hated trig in high school. So same. <laughs> me too. And calculus. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a thing I learned in calculus, but we had to take it. <laughs> yeah. But th- you know, those numbers are still so important to, you know, being able to run and manage your own business. And so for those people who, feel like those numbers are very intimidating. A lot of them might use software like QuickBooks, for example, to have a record of their sales and their expenses. And, you know, having some system is a lot better than not having any system in place at all. But what are some of the shortcomings of using like a non-human means uh, to run your business's financials as opposed to hiring a knowledgeable professional human being like yourself. So one of the things that's an issue with QuickBooks is that people set it up and then never use it. So they'll link their bank account and then they'll be like, oh, I, I'm done. And then all their bank account transactions go in on a monthly basis, but they're never actually doing anything with those numbers. So it's not actually giving you any information to use to make financial decisions about your business. Um, with QuickBooks too, a lot of the times it will tell you what kind of accounts to set up. But if you don't actually know what those things need to go to, it's very tricky for the business owner to figure that out themselves, especially without a business background. There are some people that are very good at that stuff and that's what they like to do. And I feel like that if that is you, then it is fine to do your own bookkeeping. But I think the majority of the people aren't or the majority of the people 
will set up softwares like QuickBooks or Xero, and they will just not ever touch them once they set them up. They'll be like, I have this bookkeeping system, but I don't know how to use it. Or like, I don't know how to do it. And then I also think there's other added things that people don't originally think about when they set up their business. Like if you're an inventory business, making sure you're keeping track of that and like keeping that all kind of together because a lot of businesses with inventory have a bunch of different systems they have to use depending on how they're selling. Like I know a lot of, in, like a lot of smaller handmade businesses sell on Shopify, but then if they're at a market, they have like their square. So like a bunch of different things, but they have to keep track of all that stuff together, which I feel like a lot of times they don't necessarily think of, or it's a lot of more work than what they had bargained for. And I think a lot of small business owners always push bookkeeping off because it's the not flashy side of their business. So I think pushing it off stops you from knowing any of your financial information at all, which leaves you in a bit of a bind when you need that information at the end of the year. <laughs> I feel like there's a huge uptake this time of year and people looking for bookkeepers. But I also think there's a little bit, as you said, there's a lot of fear there of like, I don't want to know my numbers because I don't want to know how bad my business is doing. But when you know your numbers, you can turn that around. If you just never know your numbers, you're never going to be able to turn that around. And if you wanted to start your business in the first place, you wanted to be profitable. You didn't start your business so you could just keep funneling in money from your nine to five. You probably want to leave your nine to five or you at least want to break even and make a profit at some point. So knowing those numbers helps you do that. And if you're not going to be someone that keeps up with your bookkeeping, at least on a quarterly basis, then you can't that those numbers aren't helpful to you. And that's what you need to be able to run a profitable business. So not only is having that record of those numbers really important, but being able to provide that context and you and being able to use those numbers to inform a strategy is also really important. Yes. Yeah. So you, uh, those numbers are definitely important. And even if you're hiring a bookkeeper, if you're just throwing a stuff, if you're getting the reports every month and you're just like, oh, yep, cool, profitable, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You need to look, look at those reports and see what they're saying so that you can make informed business decision. And most bookkeepers, um, I, or at least I like to do this and I know a lot of others do, is give you the big snapshots of like the things that you need to know. So even if you don't want to look through the financials, even if you don't understand the financials, you can really see here are my big expenses for the, this month and here are my big items that are coming in as income like what products are doing well, what products aren't doing well, what services are doing well, what services aren't doing well. So at least you get that snapshot of what's going on. And then I like to add on with my clients, depending on what their business level is and provide like a CFO service where we kind of do more of an analysis of what's actually going on and figure out what's working, what's not working, what they need to cut costs in, where they need to increase their revenue. So it definitely depends on what you need and each person is different. And that's kind of my goal as a bookkeeper is to find the spot for my clients that works best for them because a lot of people don't want that service. They just want their report to say it's done and be ready for tax season. But some people do want that added support and or just having that CFO to say no to things that they don't want to say no to. <laughs> One of my clients actually said that to me the other day. She's like, I was thinking of making a fake CFO account. So when I wanted to say no to something, I could just say that it was you and not me. <laughs> In a way that actually sounds kind of, I, I don't want to say like glamorous, but in a way that actually really sounds like kind of cool and so like prestigious to be able to say like, 
oh, I have like kind of my own CFO looking at my financials. Yeah, I guess it does. I feel like maybe we need to start spinning it that way. So it sounds cooler <laughs> to business owners. Yeah, and that's like such an important function too, because, you know, uh, someone like yourself could probably look at a person's business and say, well, it takes you three months to actually uh, be fully compensated for this thing. So you might want to factor that in when you're trying to figure out what else you need to spend money on down the line in those next yes. three months. Yes. So it's definitely more of like that one-on-one -on -one support. And I think that depends on you as a person if you need that support, but we definitely can offer that type of support in those type of conversations because I think a lot of business owners are scared or a lot of business owners don't even know how to pay themselves, when to pay themselves. But again, did you start a business to not pay yourself? And then the big thing too is the taxes. I think a lot of people forget that they need to pay taxes at the end of the year and they don't know how much money to set aside, when to start setting it aside, if they should be setting money aside, when to make tax payments. And that's also something that when you work with a CPA and a bookkeeper, they can remind you of that. And I always recommend that all my clients work with a CPA in addition to working with me because they're going to help with a lot of that tax side stuff. But if you don't have those financial statements, they're not able to tell you what you need to set aside. And at the end of the year, you're going to end up with a very large tax bill that you were not expecting and you could not have the money available to pay it, which is scary for a lot of business owners when they realize like, oh my God, I made all this money this year, but I kind of spent it all. But now I owe in taxes. <laughs> How early on um, in that business journey would you say an individual should uh, consider hiring a bookkeeper or a CPA? I think, well, you should get a CPA as soon as possible. And if you were using a personal CPA, see if they'll help you with your business stuff to make sure that you're setting up everything correctly and to just make sure you have someone to ask those questions to. Because if you become profitable very quickly, you might need to file quarterly taxes and you want, want to make sure that you are setting up your business correctly. So those are also good people to go to in that sense as well. They'll also probably tell you that you need a business bank account and a business credit card. Um, if you are really serious about growing your business and know you're not going to touch the bookkeeping side of your business yourself or unsure where to start, I think a bookkeeper is a really good hire very early on because they're going to help you to get all that financial stuff set up and make sure that you're making the right decisions. And I also feel like hiring a bookkeeper is kind of like dating in a sense where you need to make sure that you're finding the person that's right for you. Like I might not be the right bookkeeper for everyone, but I think it's important that everyone has a bookkeeper. I feel like you want to make sure that their service works well for your life. Like if you're a person that wants a bookkeeper that's available to you when you have a question, then don't hire a bookkeeper that's going to charge you an astronomical rate every time you have a question. Look for someone that has that included in their fees because that's something that's important to you. Or look for someone that you trust and make sure that you can work with them. Because I think a lot of people just hire whoever they can find that's a bookkeeper. But then I think long-term that bookkeeper doesn't actually provide the service that they need because they didn't, aren't the right fit for them because they didn't really interview them and figure out who the right fit was. And I think that's important too, is to make sure that whoever you're working with fits your business and your needs and can scale and grow with you. Because 
you might want someone that can just give you a report the first year in business, but then you want that person to also be able to give you support as your business grows and provide more support as needed. So I think that's an important thing that a lot of people don't realize, or they're just like, oh, I'm just going to go to this bookkeeping agency, but then they kind of still get treated like a number, but they want to be treated as a person. I think that's important. And if we all have small businesses because we don't want to be treated like a number anymore. So I think it's important to kind of date around and make sure that you are finding the right bookkeeper for you and your business and they can support you in the way you need support. And I think the earlier on you can get someone, the more helpful it is. Also, if you wait a year when you're in business and the bookkeeper has to go back and do a catch up, it's going to cost you a lot more money than what a bookkeeper is going to cost you on a monthly basis, because they're going to have to go back and do everything for the entire year. And a lot of times you're not able to find that data. So if you hire someone early on or you hire someone early in your business, you will save yourself money in the long run and you'll have that support you need to make those financial decisions. Yeah, it definitely sounds like that process is very similar to the process of finding a financial planner for your personal money management. You know, um, I've been doing a lot of work around uh, personal finance coverage as a reporter. And, you know, a lot of times when you're searching for a financial planner, the first person you talk to or reach out to may not always be the person who you continue to go to because, you know, this is someone who you're going to most likely, hopefully, have a long-term working relationship with, even if you only speak to this person uh, twice a year, uh, once every six months to check in on your investments or make sure you're on track for retirement, you're still working with this person over the long haul. So in a lot of ways, uh, them and their services need to grow with you. So you want to make sure there's a good fit there. And I can definitely see how that runs parallel to, uh, you know, managing finances for your business as well. You want to make sure that the services align with what you need. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's very important. And I think a lot of people don't know who to hire or who to trust. And I think just having those conversations, and I know that everyone's in a time crunch and I feel like it's easy just to hire the first person you see that can do that service. But at the same time, you need someone that's going to benefit you. And also you, if you don't know that the person is the right fit and you're not comfortable with providing them your financial information, it's never going to work. So I think that's very important. Just like a financial planner, if you realize that you're not comfortable with them or they were just the first person you talked to, then you're not going to want to invest with them. And then you're just not going to have anyone that's doing your financial planning either. Absolutely. And I think that part of that also comes back to uh, what we were talking about earlier, where there's that fear, you know, that emotional aspect of the process, you know, there's fears around, you know, having someone who is a professional who's kind of going to give you no other choice but to confront your numbers. (laughs) So you want to make sure that 
you know, if you are going to go through that uh, fear, go through those emotions, at least make sure that it's with a financial professional who you feel pretty comfortable around. Yes. And I feel like everyone thinks they're like the worst person or the worst client or the worst bookkeeping books that I've ever seen. And they're probably not like the things I've seen through my corporate career, (laughs) through bookkeeping, like I've seen it all. It probably won't shock me at this point. So I feel like the fear of like being judged or like I'm the worst client you're ever taking on or like just even like the fear of getting started. I think that people, as long as you're finding the right person, they've seen it all before it. They've been in the industry. (laughs) Like they've seen what people do and how things get done incorrectly. And that's why we're here to help. We're not here to judge you. Um, And if you're trying, like that's great that you put in the effort to try to figure that out yourself because a lot of people aren't even trying to do that. So I think that's important as well. And I think that fear is like, I understand it's fearful, but at the same time, it's like, we're here to help you. We're not trying to make, we're not going to sit there and be like, you didn't, you don't know what an expense account is. Like, I didn't know what an expense account was before I had an accounting degree. So I feel like it's like, you just have to like embrace that you don't know and what you don't know, you don't know. And that like, there is someone that does know how to do that and you should have them on your team. Just like, I'm not great at social media. So sometimes I'm like, maybe I need to outsource that because that's not something I'm good at. And if a social media person was like, oh, your social media page is horrible. I'd be like, yes, it is because (laughs) I'm not a social media person. But I think that's just kind of like the that is part of owning a business is realizing what you can outsource so that you have more time that you can focus on clients instead of focusing on things that you hate doing and that you're not good at. And at the same time, being able to grow your business as well at the same time and have that information that you really do need. And understanding your financial reports might be able to tell you if you can afford to outsource someone and how much you can afford to pay them. Yes, that is true. Also, I feel like if you ever think something might be a little unreasonable, you can just be like, hey, like bookkeeper, you work with a bunch of people in a bunch of different industries. Like, what are they kind of paying for these things? Like, am I getting ripped off? Absolutely. Because sometimes when I see prices, I'm like, is this like, I'll go to like four websites and make sure that like, it's kind of all in line because I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be paying for these things. So I I feel like you can also just use them for, hey, I have a question. Like, think this is a little high. What do you think? (laughs) So what are some other ways that business owners can use a financial report to identify some strengths and weaknesses and even opportunities in their business. I think like I mentioned before, I think sometimes a business owner might not even realize like what streams of revenue or what products or services are actually bringing in the most money, especially if there's like something that they like doing better than the other thing. I feel like a lot of times they might just be like, oh, I like doing this. So I'm going to spend all my time doing this. But then at the same time, like this other thing, they're not really worried about is bringing in a lot of profit for them. So I think just being aware of like those type of things is very important as well. And then I also think sometimes you just really don't know what you're spending money on on a monthly basis. And I think that's something that can be helpful because I think sometimes you're like, oh, I have the money there. I should just spend it. But then it's like, 
oh, well, like this didn't actually go to anything. And now I just spent this money and that's money I could have used to pay myself. But I decided I wanted to go down this road on something, but then I didn't really like that. So I, it was just kind of a wash. Where in those situations, you are learning things as well. So it could be a learning opportunity and that could be worth it for you. I think it's also helpful for you to be able to see like, should I do, how much money do I want to take home? How much money do I have to pay in taxes? Like, how much money do I want to spend on learning and development, which I know a lot of people do like taking courses and that sort of thing to help them grow and learn new areas of their business. And even like, where do I hire? Because I think if you see that you have like a lot of expenses, I like admin stuff, maybe, or like outsourcing and like hiring people from Upwork all the time. Maybe you do need like someone on your team full time instead of hiring out that role because that's something that you need the support in. So I think it can help in that sense as well as like kind of even figuring out how to grow your business because I think a lot of times you might not realize like what areas of your business are growing the most or like where you're spending a lot of money that you could bring someone in that could help you for less than what you're spending on outsourcing all of that or even how much you actually are outsourcing or what you can outsource because you have the money to do so. So I think it can help with a lot of those things that a lot of business owners struggle with. And I think it can help with the timing of that if you're looking at those things on a monthly basis, because I think a lot of people too worry that like, if they hire an employee, like, can they pay them consistently? Like, are they going to be able to pay them each month? And I think sometimes Hiring an employee almost makes the business owner work harder because then they want to make sure that they are able to pay that employee each month. And I think that's one of the awesome opportunities about being your own boss is that you can add all these perks in for your employees that you know that aren't being offered in corporate or just like things that like you want to see and give to other people, which is awesome. Yeah, I really love that point. I feel like, at least from what I've been noticing um, online and stuff like that, I feel like there's been a lot of interest being drummed up around, you know, starting your own company so you can provide the benefits to people that, you know, a lot of companies are not currently providing, which, and, you know, yeah. that comes at a cost as well. And yes. you have to understand uh, how much of a cost you're signing up to foot. Yeah. Like one of my clients actually has a um, vacation minimum. So like you have to take two weeks. And I think that is like an awesome policy because I'm like, I feel like I've always got vacation time and like, I always, it, like if I had unlimited, I never used it because I'd always forget about it. Or I just be like, Oh, all this work, like, or like, cause I could pop on and off and it didn't really matter. And I feel it, or it's like, you have like these set number of days that you have to take. And I feel like you're like, oh, well, I guess I can only take this many days, but I think having a minimum or, or you forget about it because there's always so much going on or your company puts in like, oh, you can't take time off here, here, and here. But then pay, you have to have enough money to pay those employees for that two weeks. So just like some of that like planning, I think is also helpful and just knowing how much that will cost you while they're out or what you need to do to replace, like have support in, in those times is also helpful. But I think it really is like if you are starting your own business, I feel like you want to make it different than corporate because you can very easily stay in corporate. I actually did think where you're going with that was that 
it's that there's a lot of people just saying that you should start your own business, which I agree with. But I also think you have to know that it's so much work. And I think that's something that like people forget to mention when they're posting online and talking about running a business is that it's a lot of fun and you get to learn a lot, but it's also a ton of work and there's a ton going on behind the scenes that you don't necessarily see. And that isn't the glamour side of your business. Absolutely. And in your experiences, based on what you've noticed, uh, what are some of the invisible costs of running a business that entrepreneurs are often surprised by? Uh, one thing for me, I don't know if I just misread when I signed up for my website, but I feel like every time I need to add something onto my website, it's like, oh, you didn't buy this thing. So like add on another prorated cost. And I'm like, well, could you just have told me like this is the cost and I could have just bought it? And I feel like there's things like that where you just are like constantly like, oh, I need this to make my life more helpful that you just constantly keep adding on that. Like, I feel like if you're not paying attention can really add up. Like, I think there's a lot of systems that like, if you look into it can connect to each other. But I think a lot of people don't know that. So I feel like we have all of these other mix of systems that like we're paying for or like we try something and it's like well this doesn't necessarily work for us so I think those are hidden costs that we might not necessarily think of when starting a business because like websites are not expensive but also like when you want them to be at full scale they're a pretty big cost over the year and then I also think like sometimes you sign up for a website and then you try to play with it and you're like oh no this isn't really the one I want to use and like you just switch providers because the other one's easier and has more things on it and I think a lot of times going into that business owners aren't necessarily thinking about like what they're spending I also think again taxes are something that people often tend to forget about and then I think just a lot of reoccurring subscription stuff is like a big way to spend extra money that you don't necessarily even remember that you signed up for it like, I know that I sign up for a bunch of like networking groups and some of them start free. And then I'll notice later on my credit card, I've been charged for another month of it. And I'm like, oh no, I don't actually use this networking group or this isn't something for me. So I think just watching out for those hidden fees. And then I think also making sure that like the purchases that you're making are things that are going to enhance your business or help you add value to your business and not just because it's taking too long. I feel like you're not going to be successful overnight. You can be successful overnight, but that's not the norm. And I think a lot of people expect to be successful within like the first like month to three months of their business. And then if they're not, they're like, oh, I need to go spend all this money on a coach because if I spend all this money on someone, like I'm going to be successful in my business a lot quicker. And I think that can be the case for some people, but sometimes it just takes time. And I think if you're fighting the Instagram algorithm and you're just fighting all of that and you're just trying to grow your business solely on social media, I think it takes a lot longer than a people initially think and I think that's something that like is not talked about enough because I think everyone like sees all these people online it's like yes they've been in business for six years <laughs> like they're not saying that every day but like they've been in business for a long time and that's why their life looks like that and I think a lot of people are like I'm not profitable within the first three to six months or they like start to get um tired of like doing it or it like wears them down and then they're like all right I'm gonna quit and I feel like I wish I remembered the exact quote but I saw something the other day that was like just when you think you're like 
ready to give up. Something happens that like makes you keep doing it. And I feel like that's kind of what business is. I feel like it's like, you're like, oh, this is never going to work. And then something happens. And I feel like then it keeps happening and it's positive. But I think it takes a lot more time than you think. But I think there's a lot of things out there saying like, it's quick and you can make this business and you can leave your corporate job in this amount of time. And it's like, I want to do that. But at the same time, it does take a lot of work and a lot of time. And you only have so many hours in the day. (laughs) That's absolutely well said. Entrepreneurship is a long game. It is a very long game. Um, And, you know, you're you're also not seeing, you know, the amount of money that a lot of people put into their businesses who, you know, are posting about the highlights, are posting about um, a lot of the good things that have come out of their business. Um, A lot of times you're not seeing the amount of money that entrepreneurs are putting in you're seeing a highlight reel oftentimes but you're not seeing the debt they take on they're not talking about the number of investors who have turned them down for funding they're not talking about you know uh the meals they might have had to skip in order to save money for their business you know and there's a lot to consider when you're uh, thinking about getting started um, and also managing the financial aspect of your business. It really is a long game. You're in it for the long haul. And a lot of people cannot afford to fail. Yes. No. And I think a lot of times too, when you are worried about like the money aspect, I feel like it shows up in you as a business owner. And I feel like that scarcity mindset like ends up making it even harder to grow in your business whereas if you just believe that like whatever whoever you're meant to cross paths with and whoever you're meant to work with is gonna come into play you might not know how or when or what that person's gonna be or what they're gonna bring to the table but I feel like eventually you are gonna meet those types of people that like you want to work with. And I think that's important because I don't think we left our corporate jobs to start a business to work with people that we don't like to work with. Like I feel like that's one of the perks of having your own business, but I think that takes time to find those people and to even figure out what types of people those are. Because I think a lot of times when you start a business, you have an idea of like your ideal client. And I think that changes a lot as you grow your business. I mean, I think I had had that same thought when I started my business I was like oh this is the type of client I want to work with and as I'm meeting and talking to people I'm like I don't necessarily know that that ideal client that I thought was going to be my ideal client when I started my business is actually my ideal client anymore I feel like I have changed my perception of like I, the type of clients I want. And I also started talking to people and seeing what they need and seeing who I want to work with because I want to work with people that are taking their business seriously and are trying to grow their business. And I think there are people that want to grow a business, but I think they want to take the easy button and they want to have it happen overnight and be fast, but they don't want to put in any of the systems to make it fast. And then once it does grow, they're screwed because they don't have any of those systems in place. And I think that is important when you're starting a business is there is no easy button. If you want an easy button, then I don't think entrepreneurship is probably going to be for you. Like you said, people aren't talking about their nose, but I was actually on a call the other day and we were talking about nose and how if you haven't got told no recently, then you're not trying hard enough and you're not challenging yourself enough because you're just staying 
in that spot where you are and you're not like stepping out of your comfort zone. I think a lot of entrepreneurship is just constantly stepping out of your comfort zone and just like getting used to being uncomfortable. And it's also funny because I feel like every entrepreneur is like, I'm trading in my nine to five for my 24 seven, which is so true because I can't sit on the couch like a normal person. And watch TV. I'm like, oh, I have to scroll through Instagram or like respond to this email or get back to this person or reach out to all these people. So I feel like it is a lot of work and it's always constantly on your mind, at least for me, I, I think for many entrepreneurs. So when it comes to individuals who are going to be entrepreneurs for the very first time, what are three actionable things they can do to set their business up for financial success? I would say start small. From my subscription box business, I learned don't go too big at first because sometimes the market's not there or you have to figure out the market. And if you have too many products, then you just end up with a bunch of them in your house and you can't get rid of them. So my first advice is to start small and make sure that you are targeting the right audience and that the audience is actually there. Most of the time, the audience is there. It's just the way we are targeting it. My second thought of um, piece of advice is to set up a business bank account and put in the amount of money that you would want to spend on your business in that account. One of my clients did that. And I think it is a phenomenal idea to do that because then you can track what you're spending and almost make yourself like a budget for the first year because the first year is going to have a ton of expenses. And I think it's important to either, if you don't have the money to keep investing in your business and only have a small amount to start, I think it's important to set that amount aside and put that just to your business. And then once that's done, well, hopefully you're making a profit or growing your business by that point so that you can keep running the business. But then if you aren't making a profit and you haven't brought any money, like maybe it's time to start figuring out how you can bring in money or what you can do to change the way you're running your business. And if you have more money to invest in it, because I think a lot of times people just start charging on their personal credit card. And I think it just gets mixed in with all of your personal expenses or other expenses. And you don't even really know what you're spending on your business. And also that makes it really hard for you to do your business taxes at the end of the year. So I think putting money aside into a business bank account and using that money to jumpstart your business in the first year and start bringing in revenue is a great idea. And then also hire a bookkeeper. Um, I think a a lot of people say they're going to do it themselves. They're not. Very few do. I think you end up getting yourself into a bigger mess when you try to do it yourself and it's not working. And I think it's a lot cheaper in the long run to just hire that person so that they can help you. Because I think a lot of people just try to do it themselves. They mess it up. They don't have the information. And then it becomes the end of the year and every bookkeeper has increased prices because everyone's coming to them for their bookkeeping because they haven't done it all year. And then it's going to cost you a lot more in the long run. And most of our fees are a lot cheaper than most of the other services you're paying for. So it's not a huge fee to hire a bookkeeper and they provide a lot of value to you. Amazing. And we have just a couple of minutes left. So I want to ask you, what's your parting advice for entrepreneurs who want to build their financial confidence? We talked a little bit about, you know, the emotional aspect of managing yes. your money, some of the things that make it feel very scary for a lot of people. So what yes. suggestions do you have that can help people build their confidence when it comes to working with the numbers? 
I think you just have to address the numbers to start with. I think a lot of building, I think any successful entrepreneur stepping out of their comfort zone 90% of the time anyways, just to build their business. So I think including your numbers, I think just push yourself to learn that information and find people that can help you with that information. And if you don't understand that information, ask questions, find resources that can help you and support you along the way. Because I think a lot of value comes from that information. And even if you can't afford to hire a bookkeeper, see what other services they're offering. See if they can even like help. Be, see if you can pay them for like an hour consultation just to learn from them. And if you're completely new to the finance side of your business, take an online course, like grow that so that grow your knowledge so that you can help yourself. Because about like not like marketing side of your business, you can hide a little bit more. You don't necessarily need a social media person to run your business. But at the end of the year, you need something to file your taxes. So I feel like it's something that like, as much as it makes you uncomfortable, you just have to do it. And I feel like once you do it, it's not as bad as you think. And you might not even be doing as bad as you initially thought you were when you didn't want to hire a bookkeeper. And I think a lot of times you've made the situation worse by not having that information available to you. I think if you just kind of take that leap of faith and like help yourself, I think it will end up paying off for you in the long run. Yeah. I mean, after all, the real growth comes from the things that make us the most uncomfortable. Exactly. <laughs> and I feel like for most, a lot of people, that's their business finances, but they're really not that scary. Taylor, thank you so much for hopping on this call with us. This was so much fun. And I definitely learned a lot more about, you know, what it takes to properly manage your business financials. And I really hope everyone else learned a lot too. Tell us where we can find you. So I'm on, oh, well, first of all, this was so much fun. I'm so glad you had me on. I I love the name of the podcast to start with. And I love talking to you the first time we talked and now. So I'm so glad you had me on. And you can find me on Instagram at Bookkeeping Brunette. You can find me on my website, um, www.bookkeepingbrunette.com. And um, all of my information is on there. I also have a freebie of a monthly bookkeeping checklist. So if you are DIYing your books, you can check out my blog post on monthly bookkeeping and have the checklist so that you can use that to help you on a monthly basis, get your bookkeeping done. All so right. Thank you for having me. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Not Rich Yet podcast hit the subscribe button so Spotify or Apple or whatever platform you normally listen on knows that you enjoyed this podcast. And so I know you enjoyed this podcast. Make sure you're keeping up with us on Instagram so you can be the first to know when a new episode airs. We also post some resources that you can use along your wealth building journey. We're on Instagram as at notrichyetpod. And if you want to give me a follow too, I will not say no to that. I'm on Instagram as at the Jasmine Sue. T- H-E-J-A-S-M-I-N-S-U. I do all the planning and sourcing and emailing and interviewing, but this podcast couldn't happen without a few extra hands. Not Rich Yet is produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and edited by Will Tarashak, founder of Ambiguous Podcast Solutions and the founder of Willie T Productions. 
I'm your host, Jasmine Suknanen, and I'll be back with more next week.